This is the Craft Room Podcast and today I ask the very important question, should you condo your craft? This is Episode 7. Welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lewis, professional crafter, craft teacher and all-round craft enthusiast. This podcast will help you get great value from your craft supplies and perhaps help you discover new techniques, ideas and products to take your crafting to the next level. There is so much craft to talk about, so let's dive right in. Hey, welcome to The Craft Room. I am so glad you're joining me today because we are going to dive into a hot topic. Should you condo your craft? In other words, should you declutter your craft stash? Now, it feels like everyone is talking about decluttering at the moment or minimalism, and I guess I'm no exception right here, but there's a good reason why this is such a big deal at the moment, and there are a lot of benefits to clearing clutter out of your house, but we're going to concentrate on craft stuff. Now, if you haven't heard of Marie Kondo, she's a Japanese professional organizer. Her book is called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing. It's a New York Times bestseller, and she's even had a Netflix series made. She is one of thousands of professional organizers around the world, and I really think the rise of this profession has been a pretty key indicator of a problem that we've got, and that is we've just got too much stuff. Not just us, everybody just seems to have too much stuff. Not only that, we don't have enough time to get it under control. So it's not that we're lacking for information about how to declutter. I mean, there's the World Wide Web packed chock full of ebooks and challenges and blogs and videos, groups and programs and all this stuff. There are so many resources. It should be really easy to identify and eliminate clutter, right? But I suspect some of the reasons we don't is because we're just used to it. We don't see it. Uh, we're too busy. We don't think we need to. Or the whole thing just seems too hard we don't know where to start, it's just completely overwhelming. Personally, my favorite decluttering gurus are Fly Lady, aka Marla Silly, and Organize 365, aka Lisa Woodruff. I really like their gentle, no-nonsense approach, practical steps, accessible information. I have a copy of Sync Reflections by Fly Lady, which is so well-loved, it's actually falling apart. And uh, the Organize 365 podcast and Sunday Basket podcasts are top 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 three on my podcast listening so I've been following fly lady for well over a decade like think yahoo groups and uh, I've been following organized through 65 for probably about four years since I actually discovered podcast app on my phone now you'd think that would qualify me to get my own decluttering done right <laughs> yes and no um you see I'm, tr I'm like I'm in my 40s I am raising two teenage girls with autism I am supporting my mother as she needs a little extra assistance. I'm maintaining my home, I'm running a business, and I have all the tasks and responsibilities and chaos that goes along with that. So I have a great need to declutter, but I don't have the time and I definitely don't have the mental bandwidth to make it happen as quickly as I would like. So last year, I hired a professional organizer. I blocked out three days to get two key areas of my house sorted out. And uh, right now, you're probably wondering if that included my craft stuff. It kind of did and it kind of didn't. So let me, let me tell you a little story. Um, I've been crafting my whole life. Mostly, I like to make things that serve a purpose, that aren't purely decorative, but 
it hasn't always been the case. When you're learning a new craft or a new technique or you're trying a new product, I would just make something for the sake of learning how to do the thing. And then there's the times I would just get completely obsessed with something and I would make dozens and dozens and dozens of them just because I enjoyed the process so much and then I would also create pieces to teach with. And when my students started getting quicker at finishing projects, um, I was constantly adding to my class samples. So consequently, I not only have a lot of supplies, but I found tons of finished pieces as well. So when we started thinking about it, because my mum was considering this as well, she actually found Jenny uh, from Jenny's Decluttering Services, and I'll link to her in the show notes. We met with her and we, we needed to, she needed to see if we were a good fit and we needed to see if she was a good fit for us. And there were three key things that I was looking for. We needed somebody very patient and calm. Uh, we needed someone who understood about family memorabilia and craft stashes. And we needed someone who had solutions about what we could do with the items we were ready to let go of. So we didn't want to just dump everything at the op shop. We, we wanted a little bit more than that. Jenny ticked all of those boxes for us. The fact that she was a quilter and she had an amazing charity that took craft supplies, that, that was it for me. That's why I signed on the dotted line and, and I picked Jenny as my organiser. The charity that she uses is actually right near her home, so she could just take everything that I boxed or bagged and take it away, and that's what I needed. I need, needed someone to take it away and make sure it got to the right destination. Uh, the charity was called Achieve. I will link to that in the show notes as well. They do great work, and they have these retail stores where you can go in and shop all the gorgeous craft supplies that people have de-stashed. Now, in last week's episode, I mentioned tidying up or decluttering as a way to get your crafting mojo back. And if you're new here and that sounds interesting to you, you're thinking, oh, I want to get my craft mojo back, go check out episode six. I will link that in the show notes as well. Now, if you're the kind of person who functions best when things are neat and tidy and everything's in its place, then a good tidy up can help you find your lost craft mojo. And even if you prefer creating with your stuff all out within arm's reach and in your line of sight, you can still benefit from a tidy up or decluttering session. I did say last week I would go into this more. Here is me going into this more. The benefits are great and here are my top four reasons why a good tidy up is good for you. Number one, time. We waste so much time looking for things. It doesn't matter if your supplies are in color-coded boxes tucked away behind closed doors or if they're piled high in jars and baskets and shelves and on your desk and all over the house. It doesn't matter. If they're organized, you can find what you need for a project instantly. So similarly, if we hold on to every single craft supply forever, we will constantly be picking up the wrong thing when we're trying to work. We're going to pick up that scratchy yarn that we hate working with or the nearly empty paint tube that takes ages to squeeze any paint out of or that shade of red embellishment that we don't like anymore. And what a waste of time. When we waste time because we can't find our crochet hooks before you rush out the door, a whole train trip might be wasted time where you could have been working on that baby blanket you need to start. 
and then you're going to have to rush more to finish it. And when we can't find the fabric we bought for that quilt that we finally have time to make for ourselves, that's time searching that we could have spent sewing. Anytime we are looking for something that's been misplaced, it's time we could have spent crafting, which is just way more fun. So it's especially important when you have small windows for creative time like if you are creating during a baby's nap or a lunch break or school hours or when somebody's taking your kids out for a little while or you just have a small window while you've got vacation time so we don't like to waste time so tidying up is going to help us there number two space let's face it most craft supplies take up a lot of space some more than others I mean if you're doing embroidery not so much but if you are quilting much space I mean at some point we all hit capacity it doesn't matter if it's a tote a caddy a shelf a cupboard a room if we continue to accumulate supplies faster than we're using them we're going to end up with yarn in a suitcase under the bed embroidery threads all tangled up in bags because we haven't had time to sort them we don't have room in the caddies and our latest craft shop purchase, well, it's probably still sitting in its carry bag on the dining room table or in the boot of the car if you're hiding it. Overflow creates absolute chaos. And for most people, it's just not conducive to a fun place or a good state of mind to get creative, hence the lost mojo. So think about how long you've been crafting and building that craft stash. I mean, you probably started out nice and organized and then new stuff got piled on top and then in front and then soon enough you don't remember what was down in that nice organized section and it's buried there's probably old stuff in there that you you're not going to like anymore and that you're not going to use maybe it's deteriorated some things definitely have a use by date or maybe it's just past its day in the sun of you know what's trendy and what's current removing all that older stuff that you don't need or love is going to free up prime real estate for the new stuff so having a sort through having a tidy going through and decluttering means that you can take out the stuff that you look at and go oh my god country fabrics what was I thinking and then you've got space to put the new stuff that you do want to use in number three treasure I always say that organizing your craft supplies is like a treasure hunt. You find that pattern you thought was lost or you realize you have 15 rolls of double-sided tape. So now you don't have to go to the shops, which is awesome. You might find a fabric at the bottom of a tub that's the exact shade you need to finish a quilt block. So a good old-fashioned treasure hunt can be inspiring. It sparks ideas for new projects. You can unearth old projects that you just completely forgot about that you can finish and move on or if you don't want to finish it just move on if your stash is big the chances of finding lost treasure is great so use the tips from last week's episode to make sure to hold on to that inspiration like recording on your phone number four trash the flip side to the treasure coin is trash. When going through your yarn, you might find a bag full of tiny yarn pieces and wonder to yourself, why did I keep this? I used to keep all of my fabric leftovers when I was dressmaking in my teens, my early 20s. And when I went through my fabric stash just before I moved out of home, I had been sewing for 15 years. I mean, it was a sizable stash. And after going through it, I was left wondering, why on earth did I not trim off all those long, useless, straggly bits 
of fabric and just keep the usable solid pieces. I kept everything. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't, I, maybe I was just being really scroogey and thinking I could use it or perhaps I was having delusions that I would use all the tiny scraps for applique projects, which I did not. But I wasted a lot of valuable space saving all that unneeded stuff. You know, if you're a paper crafter, you might go through and find some really old stickers that have lost their stick or they're discolored. You might find fabric or yarn that's become moth-eaten. You could find cake decorating stuff that's gone moldy. You can find paints that are completely solid. So it's time to pitch all the trash, which you won't find until you look for it, to make room for the treasure. It's also helpful to identify how something came into our homes. Like, why did you buy it? What was the, the reason behind the purchase? Because when we identify why we bought it, it helps us identify whether it needs to stay or go when you're doing this whole condo thing, the declutter. I find there are generally eight reasons that we accumulate stuff, like eight, eight things that I can think of in my mind as to why I have this. Number one is consumables. So if you're a card maker, a scrapbooker, you're probably always buying double-sided tape. It's just an automatic reaction. If you're an embroiderer, you're probably always buying black and white DMC thread. If you're a seamstress, a quilt maker, you're probably always getting the basics, black and white thread. You know, the staples, the thing that you use, that you use up, it's when it's used, it's gone. And it's things that you use all the time. And it's usually those behind the scene incidentals. Sometimes you go down to the shop and you see, oh, look, there's a sale on thread. I always use black and white thread. I'll grab a couple of rolls of that, or I always need more double-sided tape. And so you're grabbing the things that you know you're going to use. And that that's valid. I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But sometimes you, you know, you open a box and go, why are there 18 rolls of black thread in here? It's because you've been picking them up just subconsciously and not realizing that you already have enough. Number two, projects. You're planning a particular project. You want to make something specific. And so you specifically buy the things you need. It doesn't mean that you have plans to start this project immediately, but it does mean you've got a project in mind. So uh, and sometimes it's you walking through the shop and you see something that sparks an idea for a project or sometimes you have the project in mind and you go in looking for that actual thing. So when I was going through my fabric stash, which I'll talk about later, I found this fabric that had roses on it. It was kind of an off-white and had these lovely red roses and I had seen it just wandering through, I think, Lincraft and I thought to myself, that would make great cushion covers. I need to make new cushion covers That'd be fantastic. I brought it home. It got piled up. It ended up in the stash. I never used it. That was probably about 15 years ago. And so when I was going through my fabric, I all of a sudden realized, well, that no longer suits my decor. I remember what I bought it for. It doesn't suit my decor. I'm not going to use it for that project. And then I had a different decision to make. So being able to identify something when I was going through as, oh yes, I remember what this project was for. It was really helpful in me deciding whether to keep it or not because I knew, oh, I don't need it for that project anymore. It was, it was a great idea, but its moment has passed. So that's often why we have these things come in. Number three, stash building. You want some basics so that you can create at the drop of a hat. So if you're a scrapbooker, then you want to have a decent 
you know, selection. You might be thinking, oh, I've got the weekend, I've got three hours while mum takes the kids to see a movie. I'm going to do some scrapbooking, catch up on my albums. You pull out the photos and you realise I don't have any cardstock or pattern paper that goes with these. So then you've got to go down to the shop and then we go, ooh, pretty. And Or maybe you don't even have a shop nearby that sells your gear and you just think, what a waste, I'd planned to do all this and now I don't have the stuff. So we build a stash and we make sure that we've got, you know, a, a good variety of cardstock colours and, and pattern papers that are going to work with everything. And so sometimes we build things simply because we want to be sure to have choice so that if we're crafting at midnight, we can find the thing we want because there are no shops open. Number four, you love it. Sometimes there's no other reason to buy something than you love it. You know, you see it, you go, oh, that's gorgeous. You have to have it. You don't know what you're going to do with it, but you have to have it. I have quite a few things like that and I can see instantly. And if you look at something and go, oh, yeah, I bought that because I really, really loved it. Well, you've got to ask the question, do I still love it? But sometimes that's a valid reason for buying stuff and bringing it home and adding it to your stash. Number five, it was on sale. What a bargain. How can I leave this behind at such a great price? I'm sure I'll think of something to do with that later. We have all been there and said that and rationalized that to ourselves. And D-Stash groups count. So if you're on Facebook and you buy from a D-Stash group because you see a, a set of stamps and you go, oh my goodness, $4, that'd cost me 26 bucks. I have to have that. Don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I have to have it. We had those things in our stash that we bought because it was on sale. Very quickly, what I have to say to you about that, if you see something and it's marked down, if you can't think of a reason for it, a use for it, if it's something that you think, oh, it, it'll surely come in handy for something, think very carefully about it. Because if you buy it cheap, but you don't use it, it's not a bargain, it's a waste of money. Number six, gifts. When you are really, really into something crafty, your family and friends, the ones who know you well, they're going to know about it and they are going to want to give you a gift around your new thing. Now, it might be absolutely perfect if they've done their research or it might be weird and what um, if they don't understand it really. But regardless, stuff will come into your home because it has been a gift. Whether it's a good gift or a bad gift is irrelevant. It was still a gift. Number seven, swaps. Over the years, I have participated in and hosted many, many, many swaps. They can be a little hit or miss, but guaranteed. Yes, you're going to be using some stuff to make a thing and send it out of your house. Great. But you're also going to be receiving stuff back in as well and some of it you will use and some of it you won't but generally speaking when you're doing a declutter and having a tidy up you can remember if it came in from a swap and number eight is freebies they come glued to the covers of magazines and in goodie bags at craft shows if you have ever been on a design team if you've been a pattern tester a company rep uh, if you've done a lot of magazine project commissions or been a product designer, there are freebies and we end up keeping them because, hey, it was free, right? Now, if you have done any or all of these things over a decent amount of time, think about it. That's a lot of stuff. So let's 
go into this decluttering thing a little bit more. So when I'm saying condo your craft, I actually don't mean that you should pick up every individual eyelet, button, knitting needle, crochet hook, embroidery thread and hold it and ask if it sparks joy. I mean, seriously, if I did that, it would take a decade for me to go through my stuff. And the answer would very much depend on my mood. And, you know, does double-sided tape spark joy? No, it's functional. It doesn't spark joy. It's just there to stick stuff to other stuff. Likewise, if I thanked every piece for its service and folded it neatly before ushering it out of my home, it might never leave because I had, I, when I did my declutter, I got rid of a lot of stuff. If I had done the thank you thing to every individual piece of fabric that I sent out and donated, it would literally have taken me a full day and I didn't have that kind of time available. So I prefer the old save your applause for the end approach here. Bag it up and go, geez, you were all a great buy. Go make someone else happy. That, that's, that's my thing. When I'm talking about condoing your craft, here's what I do mean. Pull out a bag, a tub, a caddy, a box, pick a shelf, pull everything out and start making decisions. Now, when I say pull everything out, let's start small because you want to, you want to win to start with, right? So start with something small, like a, just, just start with something small. Maybe it's um, a bag of stuff that you found shoved at the back of a cupboard. Don't pull out more than you could put back in, in an hour, right? Don't, don't go emptying a whole cupboard. Just pick one thing, pick a tub, empty it out and go through it. And you just have to go through and start making decisions. Now, I'm not going to leave you high and dry. I've got some pro tips to help with that decision-making process. But first, I want to tell you a little story about my organiser. So when Jenny was coming to work on my home, we actually didn't plan to do any of my craft supplies. She'd had a look at them. She thought they were very well organised. Really, all they need is a little tidy up. And yes, I could do with a declutter at the same time, but it wasn't something that I wanted to pay by the hour for you know what I mean I could definitely do it myself and those decisions they were completely up to me and I knew how to make them so um, I opted to do all of that before our first day so that I could turn out what I thought would be a bag or two of stuff and then she could take it down to achieve and I would be happy and I'd have some more space but I had I had a little problem so in my studio which is our big extension we put on our house we built a five metre wall of floor to ceiling cupboards. I convinced my husband this was a great idea because I could put all my craft supplies out there. And uh, at the time when we had the extension done, I was already working professionally as a designer for some companies. And, and so uh, he agreed because he, he would like to have all this stuff behind closed doors. And I, I don't blame him. I'm a messy worker. I like things tidy, but when I'm creating it gets messy so we built in desk storage there's lighting there's power so I can actually just open the doors pull up a chair sit and work and then even if I need to leave everything out I can just put the chair back shut the doors and no one has to look at it well my fabric had crept out there was overflow not just fabric but we'll talk about that in a minute I had all this fabric overflow which ended up in a cabinet now one of the plans with the declutter was to repurpose this cabinet and that meant I had to get everything out of there but when I pulled all the fabric I opened it I looked in the fabric and went oh no this is not it's not going to fit in my fabric 
cabinet. So I enlisted my oldest daughter to help me and we came up with a, a good routine. So she would pull a tub out from the cabinet and I had three 50 litre tubs full of polar fleece. Now I had a legitimate reason for having that polar fleece. I used to have a doll making business. I used the fleece for hair and polar fleece is a seasonal fabric. You can only buy it in winter. And uh, I needed to make sure that I bought enough to last me a full year of doll making because I did that business for about four years. And the other thing I had to contend was the colors, they were also seasonal. So I had to look when I went shopping for fleece, my annual hair shopping trip and think to myself, oh, that's a great hair color. That's a great hair color. How much do I think I will need for the next 12 months? How popular is this hair color going to be? And do I think that this will even be available next year? So I had to make decisions and I bought in bulk. I would buy one or two or three meters of polar fleece and bulk buying bulky fabric means you got to put it somewhere when you get home. And I had these 50 litre tubs full. So I instantly could identify why I bought this fabric. I was using it for my business. Did I need to keep all that polar fleece? No, I don't have that business anymore. Could I see a need for it in the future? Yes, yes, I could. However, not in that quantity. So I compromised with myself and I cut about 20, 30 centimeters off. If there were small pieces, I kept those and I kept some polar fleece and I bagged the rest for donations. Well, that put me past my one or two bags I thought I'd be donating just with polar fleece. It turned out to be a really good decision because I've already used some of the polar fleece to repair a very beloved stuffed toy for my friend's son. So I freed up valuable storage space and the rest went off to charity. Everybody wins, it was easy. It was also addictive. So I went to the cabinet that had my overflow and my I sat in one spot and my daughter sat next to the cabinet. She would pull out a bunch of fabric and then I would go through and I had two stacks, keep it or donate it. Every As soon as I would pull a fabric out, like I found that rose fabric and I went, oh yeah, that was for the cushion covers. I kind of don't like that print anymore. I don't need to do that anymore. Donate. It was going along really well. Donate, keep, donate, 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 keep, keep. And then I pulled out, my daughter pulled out a piece and it's this weird Larry stretch knit fabric. It's kind of a weird shade of green with purple stars on it. And I really, I bought it instantly. I remembered I bought it because I loved it. I had no idea what I was going to do with it. I just bought it because I loved it. And my daughter looked at it and went, ugh. Mum, that's gross. And she instantly put it on the donate pile. She didn't even hand it to me. And you know what? I got sad. I instantly felt sad. And then I realized that means I still love that fabric. So it was retrieved from the donate pile. And I still don't know what I'm going to do with it. But I have a lot less fabric now. So chance I'd forgotten I even had it. So chances of it being used are a lot greater because it's more in my line of sight. It's not buried away in an overflow cabinet. There is a pro tip for you. If you're sorting through things and you sort something because you logically think you're being ruthless, you think I don't need this, I'm not going to keep it, it's taking up space and you put it in the donate pile and it makes you feel sad, that means you actually still love it. So for now, keep it. That's what I say. So my pro tip is that you need to ask yourself questions in this decision-making process. And it's going to be different for 
everybody. So as you're going through craft magazines or fabric tubs or bags full of yarn or boxes with, with embellishment, wherever your craft stuff is, whatever it's in, here are a few questions that you can ask yourself to make the process kind of a little more streamlined. You don't have to ask every question. You're going to know instantly with some things, but the things that you're having trouble making decisions on, here's a few questions. So let's start with the Marie Kondo classic. Does it spark joy? In other words, if I put this in the reject pile, the donate pile, do I feel sad? That's the, the, the flip side of that coin. You may not hold it and instantly feel joy, but if you decide to let it go and you instantly feel sad, well, that's a sign that you really do love it. Am I really going to use this? Like, really, am I really going to use this? Can I think of a use for this? Because sometimes if you really can't think of what you're going to use it for, maybe it is time to let it go. Is this still my style? Like, do I still enjoy country print fabrics for quilt making? Is this in good enough condition to use? So some things can get a little moth-eaten or damaged or deteriorate. So is this in good enough condition to use? Can I keep part of this and donate the rest? That one was helpful for me. Is there a reason I haven't used this already? Maybe it's one of those things that you pick up to use and then you just put it down. That could be a reason why it's still there. And my personal favourite, if my house burned down, would I replace this? So I often think of that, I, I used that a lot when I was going through the fabrics and the ones where I was really struggling, should I put this in the donate or should I keep it? I pay good money for this. I know I bought this for a reason. Those ones that you're really struggling with, this is, this is how I do my clincher. If my house burned down, would I go out and hunt this thing down again? And a lot of times the answer was no. And if it's not something that I would replace, then I find it a lot easier to let it go. And when we're talking about decluttering and even minimalism, there's a couple of things that kind of freak people out and I wanted to address those as well. Now, the first one is, especially when it comes to minimalism, the point isn't to get rid of everything. Lots of people feel personally attacked at the suggestion that we should have less stuff. It's not designed, it's, the idea isn't to just get rid of everything. That's actually ridiculous. In fact, it's absolutely the opposite. The clutter, the things you need to get rid of, that's the stuff that you don't love, that you never use, and you really don't need. And so when you toss out that scratchy yarn that you don't like, you know, when you knit it or crochet it, it's too stiff and crunchy and gross. Like, don't keep that in your stash. Rehome it, donate it, send it somewhere else. You don't have to then hold on to that mental note not to use it because you don't like it. Just get rid of it. Then, you know, when you pitch all those dried up paint tubes and all the hardened brushes, you can see the gaps in your supplies. You know, you may pick up your favorite brush and and go to use it and find it's completely stiffened and you've tried everything and you can't free up those bristles. Well, once you get rid of all of that, you can see the gaps and go, oh yeah, I need to replace that brush. Go get the new supplies and bam, next time you sit down to paint, you've got the things, you've got all the things, you're not wasting the time and it's not wasting your space and you've gotten rid of the things that you don't need and you don't love and that you never use. And the reason you never use it is because it's wrecked. Minimalism is more about having less stuff that doesn't enhance your life, not just less stuff. 
Similarly, they think a professional organiser is going to come in and force you to get rid of everything. They're not. That's just not how they work. Not the good ethical ones anyway. Uh, they have a, a, like a body of an association, so there are guidelines for them. A good professional organiser will make suggestions. They'll help you through the decision-making process. They'll provide additional information. But when it comes down to the decision to keep or not, that decision is yours and yours alone. So they're not there just to force you to get rid of things you love. They're just there to help you get rid of the other stuff that you don't love, need, use, etc. so that there's room for the things you love. And also everyone is so different. There is no one single solution that's going to work for everyone. Just because I hired a professional organiser doesn't mean it's right for you to hire a professional organiser. So look, when it comes to this decluttering business, there are a few other things. You don't need to do it all at once. Honestly, seriously, you don't. Use little chunks of time. You know, if you're sitting in front of the TV at night and you're one of those people who likes to do something, grab your embroidery floss caddy and wind all the threads onto bobbins. You're watching your favourite show, you're doing something that gets everything neat and tidy and then when your show's finished, pack it away and you may think, oh, but I wanted to put them all in order. So pull it out the next night when you've got a show on and then put them in order. You don't have to do it all at once. You might be the kind of person who prefers to do everything in one hit and trust me, I understand that. I am one of those people, uh, hence why I hired the professional because I need to have big results done in one hit. I have to finish a project. It drives me crazy to walk away from something. I, it drives me absolutely mad. You know, if you can, I, I do find it helpful to go, tonight I'm just going to wind threads onto bobbins and then tomorrow night I'm going to put them all into numeric order and that works for me. So if you're one of those people who has to finish something, make each step its own task so that it feels finished and that, that is really actually very helpful. You can also set yourself a challenge to start to use some of this stuff. If you find all these fabrics that you want to use and go, oh, this is everything I need for a quilt, bag it, box it, tub it, whatever it needs and label it. Make some notes, put the notes in with it and put a big label on it so that you know when you have time, everything I need for this project is in this tub or in this box or in this bag. It's very helpful, very helpful indeed. So I will finish up with the question I asked right at the beginning. Should you condo your craft? Should you declutter your stash? You know what? Not everyone is a candidate for this. If you've just been crafting for a really short amount of time, you don't have much stuff, then no, you probably don't need to do this. But it's a good idea to understand the concept for the future because future you will accumulate some more stuff and maybe one day need to go through it and make some decisions. But if you have been crafting for a long time, you are probably a candidate for a good declutter, de-stash, at the very least, a tidy up. It is just a time saver, a space saver, a sanity saver to know what you have, to have it organized. And I'm not saying go Pinterest on it. No, 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 no. You don't have to go Pinterest on it. Just have things so that you can find them quickly and easily, especially when our kids are young, we don't really have like that time to sit and sew where they're not getting into mischief or getting into our stuff. So find what works for you 
and if it means sacrificing a little bit of creative time so that you can get things tidy and neat and organized so that the next time you have creative time, you can just sit down, bam, off you go, make the thing, oh, success. This is what we want. I want for you to have fun with your creative time and this is an excellent way to do it. Thanks so much for joining me in the craft room today. You can find links and other information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate that. I do hope you have a very crafty day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.